We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host, as always. And joining me tonight is a very special guest, Miss Bridget Condon, who is covering the Chargers this year for NFL Network and uh, doing a great job, might I add. So, uh, Bridget, thanks for taking the time to join me tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I have listened to you guys a bunch of times. Um, those long drives from L.A. down to Costa Mesa, I it, I listen to various podcasts and I love what you guys do. So I'm really excited to be a part of it tonight. Well, I appreciate that. I did not know that uh, until just now. So thank you so much. And uh, that is quite a drive, especially for a training camp, you know, in the <laughs> summer and traffic yep. and all that good stuff. It's fun. You get uh, you get a lot of good phone calls in. I'm calling all my family members, get it all done. If I don't get it on the way there, on the way home. <laughs> Have you heard the uh, the Philip Rivers commute stories that have been that have been uh, pretty famously told? No, I actually haven't. So he stayed down in San Diego with his family after the the team moved to Los Angeles, and uh, him and Kellen Clements, who was the backup quarterback at the time, uh, was also living down there, and so they would commute every day up to uh, Costa Mesa for practice, and he had this decked out uh, SUV, and they would sit there and watch film, and so that's how they would. Oh you know, God. pass the time every single day driving up to the practice facility. Maybe I need to somehow incorporate a film session. I mean, I'm driving, so I don't know if that's the safest spot. Uh, <laughs> I need to take some pages out of his book. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, you know, so like I said, this is obviously, you know, your first year covering the Chargers for NFL Network. So I did want to 
uh, you know, take a little minute before we talk about the team specifically to jump in a little bit to your background and, you know, <clears throat> allow our listeners and me as well to, to get to know you a little bit. So I've got a, my first question here. Uh, you went to James Madison. Chris Harry also went to James Madison. Yes. Uh, and Brandon Staley was at James Madison as a coach while you were there in college, I believe. Yep. So what's up with James Madison producing all these uh, Chargers employees and uh, reporters? You know, I actually was just talking to someone I'm at the NFL Network building today upstairs who also randomly works on the social team, went to JMU. It's crazy because you hear that school and so many people in California have no idea what it means when you say JMU. And somehow all of these people are connected. Um, So it's been kind of fun. I actually, when I introduced myself to Brandon Staley, I think it was this summer or late in the spring, I was like, hey, by the way, I went to JMU, which I feel like, you know, that was something that he remembers me for um, because it's such a random occurrence. And especially because he was there while I was a student, it's you know, really, it, it's a bigger school. That's the thing. It's just not a power five. And they did just move up sure. to FBS this season. So good things coming for the Dukes. I love it. I mean, you know, we always joke, like, if you could do it again, would you go to a power five school? Or now that I'm in sports, it's kind of, I was in um, Raleigh before I came here. And that's yeah. the triangle with Duke and Carolina and NC State. And I never had that kind of college experience because JMU, you know, was lower level, but I don't know. Now we're on the come up. So got to keep wrapping it. Have you been back to uh, visit since they made the change to FBS yet? I have not. Um, it was homecoming last week and I was watching everyone like on Instagram and stuff. And I was so jealous. I want to get back there, but it's just, it's hard. It's a hard place to get to because it's mm-hmm. like two hours from DC, an hour from Richmond. So they're like, you got to fly and drive. But um, my fiance is actually from Ashburn, Virginia. We met at JMU. So we're th- trying to figure out a way to like go back, visit his family and maybe get to a game. Yeah, it's a shame the homecoming weekend wasn't this weekend while the Chargers are on a bye week. But would have been perfect. Um, you mentioned Me and the, the could have rode down there together. Right, exactly. You guys could have <laughs> carpooled on the on the plane or whatever. You know, hop on the Spanos <laughs> jet. I guess. Um, you mentioned that experience in Raleigh. I've got to ask. Obviously, I'm, I'm a big college basketball fan. I, I'm a big college football fan. Mac Brown. Coach yep. K, Roy Williams, yep. all in the same area. Uh, do you have any cool stories from your time working there in uh, in wow. Raleigh from those coaches? So the sad thing about that is I think Duke and Carolina made it to a Final Four the five years before I got there. I was there for four seasons. Neither team made it. And then this last season, they both made it and played each other. So I don't know if it's me, if I'm <laughs> the drama, but it was cool. It was so awesome to get that experience. And I covered breaking news when Coach K retired, when Roy Williams mm. retired. So being there and seeing kind of the end of their careers was really something special. And I just think it taught me so much, right? Because it's a, it's such a college area. I did cover the Panthers and the Hurricanes, the NHL team. Mm. But when you're around guys like that that have such big reputations, big names, everybody knows who Coach K is. It really teaches you how to navigate that world. Um, and I think that really prepared me for now being in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Love to hear that. I uh, I mean, obviously, you wouldn't have, I don't know if you covered the Olympics, but the, the Redeem Team uh, documentary came out on Netflix. I don't know if you've watched it yet. I haven't but, seen it yet, but I want to. Oh, it's it's so good. I mean, first of all, like the first thing that stands out is obviously the uh, grown appreciation for Kobe. But uh, Coach K is is a star of that show as well. So it was it was a lot of fun to watch. I know. And I know a lot of people have, you know, 
he's kind of polarizing. Like some people really don't like him, especially if he went to Carolina, but I loved working with him. And one thing that, you know, meant so much to me about covering Duke is how much he gave back to the community. I remember one of my favorite stories I did this kid, he was like a really good basketball player. I think as a freshman, he got a brain tumor. I'm blanking on his name, but um, it's a really cool story. They brought him to a game. He was in a wheelchair. They gave him a game ball. He always wanted to play at Duke Mm. and just kind of shared this experience uh, was really awesome. And I just have to say like Duke Carolina games, if you can ever go to one, You've got to, there is nothing like sitting at Cameron Indoor and where they have the media, it's the row is directly next to the court. So you're right there. And I just remember that game when Zion, like his shoe blew out. Yeah, the one where he like Obama was there. I remember shaking Obama's hand. Like it was just a crazy, you never knew who you were going to see at those games. Man, that would have been, yeah, that year, especially because both of those teams were really good. I know they didn't make final fours, but. Uh, yeah. those teams are loaded with, uh, I mean, they're always loaded with professional athletes, right? But that year in particular was a lot of fun. So, um, so obviously we'll get, uh, to some chargers talk now. Appreciate the, the backstory. Guess Hopefully we're done college basketball. <laughs> 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 like, why did I tune into this chart? We're only, talk? we're only a couple months away from uh tip off. Actually, I feel Hopefully like it's a couple go. weeks away. Uh, NBA yeah. season's already started. It's super weird for me, mm-hmm. but you know, it is what it is. Um, so first things first with the the Chargers here, what's your experience been like, you know, shifting from, uh, you know, you've been on the East Coast for most of your life. You come out to California. Uh, what's the first year of covering the Chargers been like for you? It's been awesome. Um, there's definitely an adjustment from, like I mentioned, in North Carolina. And before that, I worked in Virginia. You're covering multiple different teams, multiple different sports. So now I'm covering one sport, one league, and primarily the Chargers. I am doing a couple other um, games here and there. But you're just learning the ins and outs. I think I know more about this team than I've ever known you know, about a specific team because I'm around them so much, right? Like we used to pop in and out of teams before, but now you're there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're there at the games, you're on the availabilities, you're getting to know these players, these coaches as people and kind of figuring out how they move. Um, It's been good though. I, you know, I'm I'm really excited for the opportunity to get to cover a team. I think nobody could have predicted what has happened this season. And I was actually writing something today and someone said, describe the season in one word. And that's exactly what I said, unpredictable. Because I remember at training camp, we did um, a live practice when they were with the Cowboys. And I just was going down the list of the defense and how stacked it was. And I was like, this is going to be the year. This is so fun. And I know that there was like this Chargers curse, right? I don't like know that much about it because this is my first year. And so when people tried to tell me like, no, there's this Chargers curse, I'm like, what does that mean? And now I'm kind of, I'm like, is this it? Like, I don't know. I don't, I know this is like a touchy subject. No, it's, I mean, I've been a Chargers fan my whole life. I, I, I personally don't believe in curses. I believe, you know, teams make <laughs> right. their own luck, right? I mean, we've had some, you know, glimpses here and there of, of Chargers team who have, who have come, you know, really close to, you know, making that Super Bowl push. But, um, I was going to ask you, like, are you as tired of talking about injuries as we are? Because it feels like every single episode we spend like the first 15 minutes talking about like, oh, what do they do without Joshua Kelly this week? What do they do without Joey Bosa this week? And then, you know, this week we get JC Jackson, Mike Williams, Chris Rumpf, all dealing with major injuries. Uh, So what what has that process been like for you in, in talking about all of these injuries every single week? You know, I feel bad for Brandon Staley because every press conference starts with, 
you know, it, it had been, is Keenan Allen playing? Like, what's the latest with Keenan Allen? What's the latest with yeah. this injury and this injury? And he has a little paper up there at the podium, and he has to, like, read through it because there's so many. And I actually asked him, he didn't really address the question, but yesterday in the media availability, I was like, have you ever been a part of a team with this many injuries? Because, yes, it's the NFL, right? We understand that somebody is bound to get hurt. But the amount of starting players that they have hurt right yeah. now, it seems so insane to me when you look at it, um, you know, and I don't think, you know, it's not like they're losing these games or like these players are getting hurt by their by choice or something they're doing wrong. I think it's just been these freak accidents like the J.C. Yeah. Jackson one was so, you know, it was just a, a freak accident. Yeah, it really was. I mean, Rashawn Slater, too. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of hate for turf right now. I don't know if you've yep. been paying attention around it, but. Um, you know, these things, it's just, that's why me personally, I, I don't buy into that. I mean, uh, Anthony Lynn before this, before Brandon say that he, he was super old school with like, uh, how they would, how he would go about like training and practices and things like that. And Brandon Staley has invested a lot in sports performance stuff. And yeah. last year really paid off last year. They were very, very healthy. And then this year it's just like every single domino effect has fallen. So um, I can't remember if it was you or somebody else who asked Derwin about like just kind of the vibe around this team with all of these injuries and Derwin seemed pretty upbeat still, but what, what's kind of been your observation, you know, watching this team as they've been dealing with all of these injuries every single week? Well, I think it's, you know, the first week when, you know, or I guess week two against Kansas city, when Justin Herbert gets hurt, it's like, okay, wow, this is our starting quarterback. And, you know, he's hurt what's happening and it's this positive momentum right but then if you're getting hit week in and week out with new players i imagine as a player it's difficult to continue to think positively of course yeah. they're going to tell us that you know next man up mentality we believe in the guys you know on the bench but i imagine it's just the inconsistency right these are the ones all work together they have this cohesiveness. They get to know each other. And if you don't have that with, you know, if, if it's not even just you're, okay, week two, you have the backup in there, you're starting to build some chemistry. Well, then that guy goes down and you're week in and week out, especially with the offensive line. Like, I think that's a big issue for this mm -hmm. run game is because you can't find any consistency. And so I think it definitely takes a toll. Um, again, I don't think an NFL player is going to come out here and say that because, you know, they're trained better than that. <laughs> And, you know, there's coach speak and there's player speak for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned the offensive line too, the, the wide receiver room, which is really getting, you know, a lot of buzz on social media. Yeah. And Daniel Popper pointed this out that, you know, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer and Mike Williams only played, I think, like 12 snaps yep. together this season. Yeah. So, um, you know, Brandon Staley mentioned, was asked about the trade deadline coming up. Of course, we're a week away from this. Yep. They've kind of next man up mentality, right? Practice squad guys, Michael Bandy, Jason Moore. Do you buy into any kind of potential trade talks for this team as they try and maybe, you know, make a late season push around Justin Herbert as he, you know, continues to get healthy himself? I can see the reasoning for both ways. Do I think that they're going to make a move? I personally do not because Tom Telesco, he has been this with this team, this is his 10th year, right? And he mm -hmm. has never in season traded for a player he's done trades where they've given somebody and he's gotten picks but they've never traded for a player i think it was very uncharacteristic of the chargers this offseason to go out and make the huge trade for a khalil mack um you know this team it, it 
again, I'm new here, but it doesn't seem like that's very much the Chargers to do an in-season trade. I think also you have to weigh the pros and cons. And, you know, we're seeing these big trades like Buffalo or, um, excuse me, 49ers. They just got Christian McCaffrey, right? That was kind of like their last piece to the puzzle. And then we saw last year with the Rams, Von Miller, that last piece to the puzzle. So Mm -hmm. if I'm Tom and if I'm Dean and I'm looking at this team, I'm thinking, okay, are we a Super Bowl contending team? And is it worth it to go out there and get that last piece? And to me, I think there's too many pieces that you would need to get that it wouldn't make sense to just go out and get a splash receiver or go out and get a splash edge rusher because I still think there's problems here uh, that are not going to be addressed until the offseason. I, I understand the reasoning why, right? Especially yeah. at the receiver position, they have no threats, uh, no speedy threats. It's like – Jalen Guyton goes down. Mike Williams is now hurt. Keenan Allen, you know, he's still not a super speedy guy. It would make total sense to go out there and get an Elijah Moore, but I don't think the Jets are going to let him go. Um, But I personally just, if history repeats itself, I don't see Tom Telesco doing it. No, I got you. (laughs) No, I don't think that they're going to either as much as I would love them to. I, I agree about Elijah Moore. You know, a lot of Chargers fans want DJ Moore. That's just not even feasible no. at this point, Panthers given his contract. <laughs> also that, I mean, you would know if you spent yeah. some time with that team. So, um, you know, DJ Moore, I, I, I just like people think the cap is is a myth, right? right? But it's not thing. that much of a myth. It's not yeah. at three twenty million wide receiver, yep. $20 million receivers to one team. So if there is one, I, I've always said this, it's going to be like a smaller you know, like Marquez Callaway is out there. Maybe there's yeah. a chance there, but yeah, that's that's it. That that's all that I see personally. Yeah, I just don't. It doesn't make enough sense, right? Because there's still these issues. You're still out your left tackle. You know, as much as we don't think that's that big of a deal, it really is. Um, mm-hmm. Jamari Sawyer has played well, but it's not Rashawn Slater. And what are you going to go out and get a new left tackle? No, are you going to get an? I think too, if you go and spend a lot of money on an edge or like work out a trade to get a really good edge, that's going to make a big difference. Well, what are you going to do when Joey Bosa potentially comes back in what three, four weeks, you know, and now you have three guys that you have to pay. I don't know. I don't think it, it's just, it's hard because there are so many guys that are injured that have the potential to come back. Right. So it's really hard to predict what this team is going to look like the second half of the season, because what if Joey Bosa comes back and he's great? What if Mike Williams comes back and is, you know, fine. Um, You know, when Justin, we forget that Justin Herbert is still dealing with a fractured rib cartilage. And I do think it's impacting him more than he leads us on to believe, you know, what is that going to, and, and also, um, Oh my God. Why am I blanking on his name? Um, Tight end. Oh my God. Yeah, Donald. I was like Robert, yeah. Donald Parham. Um, you know, I, I, he barely got a chance in that game. I before know, he they got really hurt. miss him so too. I want to see what he is able to do too. Yeah, I mean, all of these injuries, right? Like they have, you know, a certain amount of IR spots that they can use to designate players to come back too. So, yeah. you know, that's going to be something to watch with you know Mike Williams and all these guys. Yeah. Uh, I want to get your thoughts here uh, also on the run defense because you know, to me, like. It looks better on a play-to-play basis, right? But all these big plays just keep on happening, keep on happening. And Sebastian Joseph Day was asked about it, and he mentioned just playing, like, connected football and having that connective tissue 
What do you make of the run defense, right? Because we, like, we as fans, we all see, you know, the contracts to Sebastian and Austin Johnson and, and Khalil Mack being traded. Um, so what do you make of the run defense? Is it something that we can expect to get better? Or do you think that they're going to continue to have these kind of same issues every single week? Um, I mean, they play the Falcons after the bye, who yeah. have one of the best run offenses in the league right now. So where's what's your thought process here with the run defense? I would like to see it get better. I think Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day are doing a really good job, and I think they're not getting as much credit as to how much they're helping. I will agree with you. It's these big explosive plays that make the stats kind of unbalanced. Mm-hmm. When they What they need to do is figure out how to limit those, what was it, a 74-yard run on Sunday, and you know they've had some 75s yeah. and 50s, and it's always like this one big play where it's, it's – People are, are missing their assignments. I was actually talking to Kyle Van Noy and I was asking him like how comfortable he's feeling and the different positions he's playing. And he was like, you know, there is still some growth and he feels like with more repetition, he's getting more comfortable. So I think too, it's just, you know, I don't know, like if I buy into this, but you know, you, these guys, some of them aren't playing in the preseason and how much time does it take to really gel and get used to each other and figure out okay I know he's here I gotta move here and just kind of work like Sebastian Joe was saying like Joseph Day um as a cohesive unit so I think as the season progress it'll get better yes I don't I don't know why it would get worse I would hope it doesn't get worse (laughs) I mean granted all these injuries keep piling up it probably it could so especially when Joey comes back like it's gotta get better (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it was cruel like it was so cruel you know to see khalil and joey and what they were doing in the first couple games and then i know it was joey so gets fun injured. oh my gosh yeah, yeah. and so I, I think ultimately like the past defense has been good but you know they just have to continue to play you know learn how to play assignment sound football and i think they should be uh relatively fine back there so and um, i think too you know with this offense if you are having your defense out there so often and you're getting behind early in these games, then I think that adds to like the adrenaline or the missed opportunities that this there that's happening on defense. Cause you're kind of like, whether they admit it or not, I think you're thinking that in your head. So if this offense can get out to a comfortable lead, I think maybe it'll help relax the defense. Yeah. That's a huge point that nobody is really talking about. I mean, um, you know, this defense is is kind of a bend but don't break defense. And when you're yeah. out there for as long as they have been, it, it gets <laughs> a lot harder to not break in these games. Right. Uh, well, Bridget, this has been awesome. Really appreciate your time for uh, joining me tonight. Where, what do you have coming over the next couple of weeks? I know it's the bye week, but uh, what yeah. can Chargers fans look forward to from you in the next few weeks? Um, well, I'm going to Cleveland Monday night for the, um, I'll be doing the Browns Bengals game. I don't know if the Chargers fans have any interest in that. There's there's a, there's a pretty heated Chargers Bengals rivalry. You'd be pretty pretty surprised by that. Okay. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) So I guess we're rooting for the Browns then as Chargers fans, not me, but you guys. Um, yeah. yeah, So that's going to be cool. And I think I'm excited. There are some cool stories, you know, Donald Parham. I can't believe I forgot his name. I feel so bad. I, his face is in, in my head. Happens, Anyways, yeah. I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. I like love his story and his drive mm-hmm. to get back on the field. And I kind of, am just waiting to see what happens before, um, you know, releasing that story. So I, I've really, you know, when the thing that's cool about being around a team so much is you get to know these players as people and you really start rooting for them. Like when people are like, 
who's your favorite team or who do you root for? It's like you root for players, right? Or yeah. people that you really like. And I think he has worked so hard to get back. And um, that'll be a really cool story in the next couple of weeks. And I'm just excited to see after the bye week where this team is because it's either going to be, okay, we turned a corner, everything's looking good, get a couple easy wins, Joey Bosa comes back, everything's smooth sailing, or they lose a couple and then maybe some firing happens or something's going on. Either way, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be an eventful second half of the season for sure. Um, You mentioned Donald Parham too. Like, There's a lot of negativity on social media right now. I mean, there always is, right? But I mean, you look at, like Donald Parham, you look at Trey Pipkins, Joshua yep. Kelly. I mean, yeah. Trey Adderley. Pipkins is hurt. We forget that. Yeah. I thought that he played pretty well on Sunday. I know he technically gave up a sack, but yeah. I thought that was Justin's fault personally. Um, but, <laughs> you know, you have these cool stories. I mean, Nasir Adderley getting benched and then coming back and really kind of finding himself again. So yeah. there are these like bits and pieces of positivity if you're able to look out for them. Yeah, you just got to like look singular and not let your mind get distracted to all the other things going on. I don't believe in curses. You could be, look, you could be 0 and 7. I think, too, it's kind of crazy when we're all talking about the Chargers. I forget that they're 4 and 3. They have a winning record right now. It does not feel like that, right? I think there was just so much hype that this team is going to the Super Bowl before the season started that now it's like a letdown. But you're still 4 and 3, you know? I, I think. I think things are going to be okay. Yeah, no, people are kind of tired of Brandon Staley kind of saying like, you know, we've had to fight and scrape and claw to four and three, but we're in a good position. And it's like, you know, they are like, you know, this is a chance for them to, you know, piece some things together. And to me, like the beauty of football is that, you know, what happens in the first half of the season can be completely irrelevant. It can make your season or it can be something that, you know, doesn't define you at all. So. And Um, you just got to get into the playoffs and then win games. Honestly, you can have a perfect record in the regular season and lose week one of the playoffs. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think after week seven, people probably didn't think that the Bengals were going to be a playoff team and look what happened to them. So not saying that the Chargers are going to be the Super Bowl team, but uh, (laughs) Cinderella story Chargers calling it. (laughs) There we go. There we go. So Chargers fans, make sure and follow Bridget on Twitter. Uh, as you can tell, really knows her stuff. Great personality. I've uh, really enjoyed talking to you tonight, Bridget. So uh, make sure and check out all of her works on Twitter. You can find her at Bridget Condon underscore. Uh, Bridget, thanks for taking the time to uh, join me tonight. Thank you so much. Have fun the rest of the season. Thank you. You too. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.